Good evening. I'm Sarah, one of the pastors here at Hope, and um, for those of you joining us online, welcome to you during worship as well. This evening, we're continuing in our sermon series about the Sermon on the Mount, considered Jesus's greatest teaching and sermon as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And tonight, we're looking at this particular passage in chapter 6, where Jesus is teaching on worry. He's teaching on anxiousness. And he gives this call, this invitation to not be anxious, to not worry. And if you're like me, you might just want to say to Jesus, well, easier said than done, sir, right? Easier said than done. And yet I think if we take a closer look at this text, we see this deep, deep, loving call to walk closer with him, to trust in him more, and to experience a peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of worrying and anxious situations. Before we dive in, let us have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you thanks and praise this evening for the opportunity to gather together as your people to worship and to praise you, to hear a good word from you. Lord, we all come to this worship service with different things on our hearts, things that maybe we're excited about, things that maybe we are worried about. Uh, But Lord, help us in this time to set aside those things. And if we need to, to give you those things so that we can lean in and learn from your teaching. We ask this in your name. Amen. Have you ever walked into a room and you could just feel the tension, like you could cut it with a knife? Have, have you ever been in a situation where you, you felt the anxiety and maybe it even bubbled up in you? And, and because of that anxiety that you felt, your mind just starts reeling and, and it goes to like the nth degree of all the scenarios and, and the most extreme possible outcomes. Have you ever been in a situation like that? I recently was in a situation like that just this past weekend. I've been in a lot of situations like this, but the one that really jumps to mind was this last Saturday. My husband and I were at Quartz Plus here in Fargo, and we took part in a powerlifting competition. (laughs) Woo! Uh, It was my first time. My husband's done powerlifting before. He's had many years of experience. Me, not so much. And lifting weights, while it's something that my husband enjoyed for most of his life for me, well, I've had to work at it. So... When we got to the competition, you walk into the room, and it's 8 o'clock. You don't start lifting till 9. You walk in, and there's people all around the room, all around the gym, and they're getting their gear on, and they're stretching, and they're warming up, and you can just kind of feel this light energy, this light buzz in the room. But as rules are explained to all the lifters, and then we have to go back to the warm-up area, you feel that energy level just kind of start to go like this. It's like before taking a test, right? And, and everybody's just kind of a little on edge. And I have to say, my adrenaline was up. My first lift was a squat. Oh my goodness, I've done these things all my life. You know, I can, anybody can, I got to get that plastic wear in the back of the cupboard, you know? Anybody can do a squat. But this is what I was called to do, and I was super nervous, because if you don't make your first lift, you're disqualified. 
so super nervous, super anxious. And as I stop and pause, there's some people with coaches and some people without. I had the support of some friends with me in the back. I had my husband. But there were people who had like paid coaches with them. And, and I, I heard what my friends were saying and I heard what the coaches were saying. And there was one thing that I heard over and over again. You got to get out of your head, they said. You see, you train for so long for powerlifting because when anxiety is high, you just do what your body and your mind have already done a thousand times already. Get out of your head. But even with good training, when anxiety gets too high, you lose control of your thoughts. You get stuck in your head. And you don't lift well. And that was true. Because while I made it through the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, it was the ninth lift where I got stuck in my head. See, I, I've had this injury for a while now, and it's kept me from lifting well. And, and this was a weight I had never lifted before on the deadlift. It was my final lift, but because I got up to the, to the, to the bar, and I, I got down, and I grabbed the bar like I was told to, I knew that this weight was something I never lifted before. And instead of looking up at the judge, because if you know how to deadlift, you know that you arch your back and you look up so you don't injure yourself, right? No, that's not what I did. I was looking down the entire time. And as I started to lift, I could feel it in my neck and in my back. And, I, and then finally, I, I heard the judge one more time, and I looked up at the last second, and I finally lifted. <laughs> but I had to hear and see the judge in front of me in order to get out of my head. So when Jesus is speaking to the crowd that's gathered around him, speaking about God's care for the birds, for the flowers, for the grass, and invites us to not worry, to not be anxious. He's speaking to the kind of worry and anxiety that leads us to get stuck in our head. And he invites us to hear a voice, to hear his voice, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. There is a difference about feeling anxious, which is what the majority I felt on Saturday was. There's a big difference between feeling anxious and being anxious. Being stuck in this chronic state of anxiety. You see, it's natural to feel anxious. When you're doing something that you've never done before, it's natural to feel anxious. When you're preparing for a test that you have to pass, it's natural to feel anxious. There are circumstances, like receiving a new medical diagnosis, where it's natural to feel worried and a little anxious. Or you're preparing to have a difficult conversation that you need to have with your friend, with your spouse, with a colleague, you name it. It's natural to feel anxious when you turn on the evening news and it's just more bad news and more bad news and more bad news. It's natural to feel a little anxious as you see the price of your groceries go up. Oh, okay. It's natural to feel a little anxious when you see that your bills are mounting. 
when you've experienced a significant loss in your life. There's a lot that can get us feeling anxious. But feeling anxious, feeling worried is different than being worried, being anxious constantly. Max Lucado, in his book, Finding Calm, or Anxious for Nothing, Finding Calm in a Chaotic World, I love this quote that he, he talks about when he talks about the difference between feeling anxious and being stuck in anxiousness. And this is where we get the chronic anxiety and worry that leads to really difficult places and we can get stuck. He says this. He says, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable. You're human, you're going to experience anxiety. But the prison of anxiety is optional. See, trying to deal with anxiety on our own, on our own, while we know that we can experience anxiety, if we feel that we're, we're experiencing it more and more often on our own, we often reach for things on our own that, that may help momentarily take our, get us out of our head, get us unstuck out of our head, but don't bring healing. In fact, some of the things may bring more hurt and more anxiety. Like, I know when I was young, I was a teenager, and I started experiencing panic attacks for the first time in my life. The way I dealt with it was to overschedule myself so I didn't have to think about my anxiety, which then, of course, caused more anxiety. <laughs> but I, overs I overscheduled myself. And then, as I was a young adult, I would undereat, and now as an adult, I overeat. And then there's, of course, you know, I, there's other things that we can reach for. Increased alcohol consumption, substance abuse, to numb the overwhelming anxiety for a while. Scroll through reels on Facebook or Instagram for 10 minutes, and it turns to two hours, right? Spend or gamble money you don't have. The list goes on and on. But God gives us some spiritual tools, some spiritual practices that can bring healthy help in moments of increased anxiety, that can bring healing over time. An acronym from the same book uh, that Max Cotto had, I think it's wonderful, it kind of sums up Philippians 4 so really well. And, and he uses this acronym CALM, CALM. So what are the spiritual practices we can engage in when we feel anxiety ramping up? Maybe we're even in a place where it's out of control. Some spiritual practices along with other things, these things can help too. First is celebrate God. Philippians 4, 4 and 5 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Celebrate God. Rejoice. Come to worship. Draw your eyes and your heart, even for a little bit on this Wednesday night, not on your worries and your problems, but on God, on who he is, and on the promise that Jesus... God, Emmanuel, God with us has come to earth to be with you, to be for you, and to free you from your hurts and your pains, your worries and your anxieties, to know and to hear the promise that you are not alone, 
You are not alone. Celebrate. Rejoice in the Lord always. The second is to ask God for help. This is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, Psalm 121, all throughout Scripture, we hear this invitation, do not be afraid, the Lord is with you. But Psalm 121 lays it out perfectly. I lift my eyes to the hills. I am going to look to God. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Ask God for help. Jesus faced a lot of tough situations, but the toughest that he faced was the night in which he was betrayed. He was in a garden. He went deep into that garden with a few friends, and as his friends fell asleep, he was praying, and as he prayed, he asked God for help. He was anxious. He was worried. Father, take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. He prayed so mightily that the capillaries broke on his skin and and, and blood. He sweat blood as he prayed fervently. And what did he say, though? But not my will. Your will be done. And because he asked God for help, God answered. He was able to get through, but he also knew that what was coming three days later, didn't he? But we ask God for help. We follow Jesus' example of bringing our needs and our worries to God in prayer. And when we do that, that leads us to number three, to leave the problem with God. And this is Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we give God, ask God for help in our worries and our troubles, when we actually, like, leave them there, leave them with God, God meets our worries with his peace. But how do you do that? I I know it's really hard. I know it's really, really hard. But I think, about, I think about when my son was young and, and needed surgery, and he, he needed help. He needed help from the professionals, right? And, and the kind of help that he needed, I couldn't give him. And so I remember being super anxious, super worried before his surgery. My husband and I, we prayed with our four-year-old son. We prayed the Lord's Prayer, and then we released our son into the doctor's. Now, I didn't go back into the surgery room and look over their shoulder, right? Like, I didn't, didn't, like, check in on the surgeon. No, I trusted their good care. And I kept praying to God during that time. And what did he do? He met it with his peace. My worries, he met with his peace. So leave the problem with God. Don't take it back. Don't try to ruminate on it. Instead, what do we do? This is the fourth thing that we can do. We can meditate on good things. To get out of our head, we get the things we don't want in our head, we replace it with other things. We meditate on good things. It's Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. 
whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. It echoes Jesus' words. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things that you worry about will be given to you as well. So we meditate. We focus our eyes on God through praise. We focus on God's word, his promises in scripture. We focus on what is good, what is praiseworthy, what is excellent and admirable. And we chase after those things. I love our, our three steps that we have this fall that we've been focusing on of how we're supposed to reach out, root deep, and love one another here at Hope. This is what we're focusing on. And so I, I want to take that. I think we, that's exactly what this is needed for this time and this message, that, that we reach out. When we get stuck in worry and anxiety, we reach out. Instead of continually focusing on our problem, focus on God's promises and invite others to do the same with you. So let's spin it a little bit more. A little different spin on reach out. Reach out to others because it's so important for our, not only our life, but for our spiritual, emotional, and mental health. Reach out. Reach out to a trusted friend, family member, counselor, or doctor. God ministers to us through those he places in our life. He ministers to us in so many ways. He ministers to us through, through our friends and family who can listen and console. He can minister to us through those who are wise and gifted like a counselor or a doctor. So reach out. And next, root deep. Root deep. Join a small group Bible study to be immersed in God's promises and his word regularly. When we're deep in God's word, it becomes less difficult to trust God, to actually let go and let God, if you will, when big anxiety-inducing moments come upon us. To truly ask for God's help and leave the problem with him. And last, love one another. Love one another. We have an invitation to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness in a very specific way here at Hope this fall that can help you to stop focusing on the problem and seeking, instead seek God's righteousness and kingdom. And the way that we love one another is by helping others who are in need too, by alleviating their stress and their worry. Here at Hope, we're doing that with the Great Plains Food Bank. As we seek to help meet the, the food scarcity needs of about 180 kids in three area elementary schools through the backpack program. We're also doing that with the Faith in Blue event. Yes, there's gonna be a food drive there. Please bring your donations, but also come and speak to an officer. There was an event here in Fargo, an awful event in July that I know raised a lot of people's anxieties. But let me tell you, our law enforcement, they're great people. They're doing a great job. 
And if you're worried about them or worried for them, come talk to them, support them, meet them, have a conversation with them. Love one another. So if you wrestle or know someone who wrestles with worry, with anxiousness, remember, remember and hear Jesus' words of loving invitation again. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. People of hope, this call to do not be anxious, it's not rooted in a circumstance. It's rooted in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who has faced every evil, every situation, even death itself. And he rose victorious over it, over all of it. There's nothing that you can face that Jesus hasn't experienced or faced himself. And in and through him, when we place our hope, our trust in him, he gives us this peace that passes all understanding. He is in every situation. No matter what you are facing, he is there. No matter how you are responding, whether it's, it's with increased anxiety or with that peace, he's going to be there. He's walking right beside you. If you are wondering, where is God in this? Know that the Lord is near. He is with you. If in this time where you feel all consumed like a fire, know that there is one in the fire who stands with you and for you and whispers into your soul, do not worry. Do not be anxious. Seek me and you will have peace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your son, Jesus Christ, for his teachings, his life, his death, his resurrection. God, for the promises that we have in him. And Lord, no matter what we face, no matter what worries are before us, God, we pray. We pray to you now that you would help us to lay those things before you. Lord, we ask for your help. Help us to leave the problem with you so that our minds can be freed and be full of your love and grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.